Welcome to an all-new depressing One Golden Moment. I'm Michael. I'm joined by Shaylin, Josh, and Emily. Spencer's out today with a case of cow football whiplash. We wish the best. Shaylin, let's start with you. Tell us your thoughts on this 41-17 loss to USC. So the game started out kind of as predicted. I mean, the line was USC by a few points to win, and uh, going into halftime, the game was 17-10 in favor of USC. But uh, in the first half... Chase Garber is the starting quarterback who was making his highly anticipated return from a previous injury. Uh, went down again with an unrelated injury, uh, as stated by Coach Wilcox. And also, Christopher Brown Jr., starting running back, went out with an injury. And coming into the game, uh, Cal's leading wide receiver, Kakoa Crawford, was also out with an injury. So that's your top three offensive threats all out. Um, and then in the second half, USC kind of just completely ran away with the game and even with all the offensive injuries I mean it would definitely be a stretch to say that those injuries would have swung the outcome of the game because Cal's defense probably had one of their worst if not their worst performance of the season I mean they were just Keaton Slovis was getting everything he wanted I mean he had an uber efficient stat line and Cal's secondary did not play up to standards and overall it was just by the third quarter, you could tell the game was out of hand. I was just thinking about what I was digesting what Jalen was saying. Um, a lot of good points. Mm, I was personally like, I thought the, the game got out of hand like the moment Chris Brown Jr. went out. I kept saying like, when you saw Deshaun Collins take the handoff, and I was like, like that's that's Chris Brown's play on first and go from the five. Like, there's always something wrong with him. And then when he didn't come back the next couple of drives, I was like, all right, he's probably done for the game. Um, so obviously that was I think that was the biggest but not even like obviously Garber's injury is unfortunate. Um, it sounds like it's not related to the shoulder as Shayla mentioned, which is good. Um, but yeah, I think the Chris Brown thing really affected the outcome. Even though I mean Deshaun Collins was fine, um, it's just the impact of having Chris Brown as a threat. Like I think once Monster came into the game, it was like a combination of like if you have Chris Brown Jr. in the game, you have to have an extra man in the box for the defense. And when you don't, you're able to string out your defensive backs a little bit more, play a little bit more um, conservative, especially with, like we said, Devon Monster in the game and not Chase Garbers. Um, it was just like a cascading effect, but it really started with Chris Brown not being there, especially with like the offensive line healthy. It seemed like a good opportunity to continue what was started last week against Washington State, and that went down the drain. Um, as Wilcox mentioned at practice yesterday, it seemed like the defense... I mean, the defense had like its toughest draw of the year, receivers-wise, against Michael Pittman Jr., Drake London, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, Elijah Hicks slipped on a couple of plays, which Wilcox said wasn't bust in coverage, to quote him. Um, but obviously, I, I mean, Hicks will be the first to tell you that he's got to make those plays. Um, the turf monster ate him up a few times, and yeah. really, once it became 24, like, what was it, 24 10, 31 10, it just seemed like Cal just wasn't going to get back in the game because it, it didn't. Once Garbers went out, it didn't seem like they were going to close 20 points, and SC was just off and running at that point. So, uh, a couple of bad breaks. I wouldn't say it was like a disaster, but that's about what to expect once you know the first half is over. Well, I have to disagree with what you said at the very beginning, Shaylin. I think that this is a different game if you have everybody who got injured playing still. I also think that they shouldn't have started Garbers. I stand by that. I think that they should have played Monster. Um, and, I mean, this is not to knock Garbers at all. I still think he, he had a good game while he was in. I just think that 
having him go out with injury, like there's definitely something that happens to the team morale, regardless of what the players and regardless of what Wilcox says during, you know, the post game press conference. Um, also, I mean, Slovis had literally eons in the pocket. I mean, he was obviously just on fire, you know, regardless of that. But I don't know. I think that if you have some of those key players back in, um, it's a different game, at least a, a little bit more contested game, a little bit more fair. Again, I don't know if we would have actually won, but I think that starting Garbers was just the wrong move. And that's that'll be my hot take of the day. So the difference between so here, here's something to point out in terms of just the quarterbacks. The difference between Chase Garbers and Devon Monster is that Chase Garbers is a mobile quarterback, and with Devon Monster, they run a read option offense, and when they were, they have Chase Garbers, it's an RPO oriented offense. So I think in terms of it's up for debate. Obviously, this is like obviously an opinionated thing about do you start Garbers or not. Um, and it's interesting to see like Baldwin's choice to stick with the RPO game and not the read option when we had known that Garbers was coming back off of the injury, and then the play that he got hurt on, which wasn't the shoulder and probably a concussion is what people were speculating. Uh, just having, like, running those types of plays and putting Garbers in that sort of situation yeah. is, I don't think it's so much starting Garbers, it's more of running those types of plays, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm not so concerned about Garbers. I mean, if Garbers is healthy, you play him. It's more of the way that they utilize it. And I, and I don't, I'm not saying, because Garbers will be the first to tell you, like, he wants to use his leg. That's part of his arsenal. Um, but I think just as a whole, like, there were certain areas where you could have been a little bit more conservative, and the play that he got hurt was, like, scarily rem- reminiscent of yeah. the first time. So, um, yeah. I don't I don't so much, like, I'm, I'm fine with them starting Chase Garbers. I'm, I understand, though, the concerns with the way his game works and the way that it was utilized to the extent that it was expected. So, um, I also think that the results of... Uh, Monster's play sort of indicate that starting Chase was the right move. I mean, Monster was like 50%, two INTs, less than 100 yards. I mean, it's hard for me to say that, like, the results don't prove that Garber should have been the starter. I mean, yeah, I agree with you, Josh. I think that you have to play more conservatively, but it feels like the results indicate that Monster was just not going to be able to play at a high level that game. Yeah, I think I think Garber's definitely... He showed some showed some rest, but he also showed that he was like capable and confident. He definitely it did not seem like even though like he was getting called to run the ball a decent amount, he he didn't play with any like hesitation. He was playing the exact same as he did before in terms of like like being fine with taking contact. And obviously, I mean these were two unrelated injuries, but that is something. I mean, you have to be careful about. But I think. It was definitely the right move to start Garbers. I think mm-hmm. it was more that injury and then the Christopher Brown Jr. injury kind of just throwing Baldwin's game plan into flames. Yeah. Well, you shoved me right out. <laughs> Thanks, <okay>. guys. <laughs> what's, what, what's, what's interesting, and I, I'll, I'll you go next to kind of like counter what we're saying, but I also think that like I don't actually blame the game so much on the offense given just the way things kind of fell apart. I thought Deshaun Collins was fine. Devon Monster would, has a few throws he'd like to take back, but I don't think it was like awful. Um, I'm more concerned about what happened defensively, um, out of all things, because Kidon Slovis is a true freshman, and he's actually, like, SC's backup, JT Daniels is a former five-star recruit, and, uh, my guess is Kidon Slovis is going to be Arizona's quarterback, Wazoo's quarterback in the future, because this guy is very talented, and he's probably, like, I think he had the best performance against this Cal defense that I can remember in recent memory. It was 
fantastic. I mean, from a neutral perspective, it was a joy watching him play with those receivers because it just looks so fluid and so confident. And, you know, at 18 years old, like he's going to be a very productive football player regardless of whose uniform he's wearing. So, we talk about the offensive struggles, but I think defensively they just got beat real bad. And uh, against Davis, we'll talk about Stanford a little bit, but Davis Mills had 504 pass yards last week. It just seems like the game plan is going to be the same deal against uh, the Cal defense, especially if Ashton Davis doesn't play. Yeah, I think we saw some similar issues to what we've seen in the past in that the uh, the defensive line could not contain Slovis in the pocket. So when he did escape the pocket... It kind of brought up issues we haven't seen in the past, which is like, I mean, we've seen occasionally, but normally the Cal secondary is very good at man-to-man coverage. Like, all of them are talented. All four, five of the starters can, you know, guard guys one-on-one. Wilcox trusts them to do that. But as you said earlier, I mean, Slovis escaped the pocket on a couple third downs and just launched it up to his receivers. And those are normally, like, plays where you trust Hicks to get a deflection. And he was in position both of the times, he just kind of got tripped up on himself both times, like turning around. I mean, it is hard to turn around and like get your head facing the ball and stuff like that too, but he was in position. It's just uncharacteristic mistakes that we saw from him that kind of costed Cal two touchdowns. Alan, what are you going to ask? I just, no, I never want to speak again because I <laughs> want to voice my opinions. Just kidding. Um, I am like, overall, I'm just not that concerned with this loss like I don't I think it was mostly a case of I mean you're right Josh I think the defense was you know I mean not great at best um but I just think this was more a game of that came down to injuries I mean we haven't even talked about um Evan Tattersall got stretchered off the field um had to go to the hospital uh I think he's doing fine now but that was a horrifying moment the whole stadium was just quiet you know I felt so sick to my stomach watching all of that and like imagine what that does to you after you you have to go play after that as a team you have to pick yourself back up and then to have you know USC just on fire it's it's hard to come back from mentally I think and also I mean I think USC was just having the game that Cal did against Wazoo like they were just doing amazing things they had an incredible group of receivers quarterback who you know has clearly come into his own had a huge game mckay Pittman had a great mckay michael 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 what the oh my god yeah because i just want to say michael Pittman is the second best receiver in the world behind michael bruss just want to put that out there yeah nuts i run a 2540 there we go. <laughs> yeah. You could tell that the Take Trojans that. are going to have multiple NFL receivers that are currently yeah. on the oh, roster. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Vaughn's, was, I thought he was their best receiver. He didn't even play, and they still passed for 406 yards. So. Yeah. I mean, they were just, they were mossing guys, <laughs> like, straight up. I just think that this is, like, the game to drop, if any, of the last three. Like, I think that this was an okay game to lose, but I think you go to Stanford and you lose, and that's not going to... Like, that's a bad sign. That's okay. more daunting to me than losing to a team that's clearly good. So so what's interesting is I, you mentioned, like, you're not worried about this loss or whatever. And I I, I agree with that. If if Cal was facing the Stanford team of the past, which has always been running the rock, like, David Shaw's scheme is, like, uh, Jim Harbaugh started this, really. When you had Toby Gerhardt, Stephen Taylor, Tyler Gaffney, Christian McCaffrey, Bryce Love, that whole bunch, right? Stanford relies on running the ball down your throat, milking the clock, all that stuff. That's how Stanford wins games. 
But this year in particular has been a different story. Cameron Scarlett has not performed. I mean, he had high expectations coming in dubbing Stanford's scheme, but he's not had a good year. Um, and Stanford last week just kind of said, screw the... They abandoned the run for the first time in, like, I don't know, 10 years. Like, and just went full all-out air raid. And Davis Mills is their backup to KJ. Because, I mean, there's just quarterback injuries everywhere about the Pac-12. But Davis Mills is Stanford's backup. And he looked basically like he don't slow us with a couple more misfires. But... Um, given that Stanford is not going to, so Cal had, Cal actually had three sacks and seven tackles for loss. They defended the run very well against USC. And I would be more confident if Stanford have, is coming into this week with like what they've been doing in the past. They feel like that better suits what Cal's defense showed on Saturday. But if Stanford's going to be throwing the ball to three receivers, they also have three receivers who are very talented and, uh, I mean, they're basically USC 2.0 in terms of the gameplay. Obviously, their receivers aren't as athletic and their quarterbacks aren't as polished, but they have the same sort of like scheme that USC just exploited Cal's defense with, which is very un-Stanford-like, but it's what you saw last weekend. So, um, you know, in terms of the SC game, I think this is what to expect, and I, I wasn't shocked by any means, but against Stanford, it is a different type of feel just because Stanford is not doing what Stanford usually does, which... It's kind of like, ha, huh, like the most Cal thing ever to switch it up right before Cal's about to face Stanford. I think part of that, though, was that Stanford had to switch up their game, yeah, game plan. Down a lot. Yeah, you're catching up to Washington State. By the way, the score of that game was 49-22, Washington State. So I think a lot of that, the reason they passed so much is because you're playing catch-up the whole game. So their game plan might and probably will focus more on the pass than the run. But, I mean... They allowed 49 points to Washington State, and Cal held Washington State right. to 21. Of, one of the touchdowns was in the final like five seconds. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Cam, Cam Scarlett, though, he had four carries, and he only had like six the week before. So that's what that's what's kind yeah. of like they're trending way away from it. And, um, you brought up a good point. Like, they were down by a lot and stuff like that. But it just seems like, oh, like, they're going to take the tape from the USC and be like, what did Cal's, what are the holes in Cal's defense? And, and the secret is out. Ashton Davis is hurt. He may or may not play. And, um, you know, throw the ball up against, and we'll, we'll see what happens, but I think that's kind of what USC relied on, and given that Stanford didn't show, has not shown in the past couple of weeks that they can't run the ball, it's like, they're going to try and do the exact same thing. Yeah, Stanford, though, just doesn't have, like, the same talent at receiver that USC has, where, like, I think, you know, Stanford's a game where, like, Elijah Hicks would win most of, most of his match yeah. matchups, and, like, I don't know, I feel like, their game plan might shift a little. I think it'll be more like what Washington State did, where you're kind of dinking, you're dunk, dinking and dunking down the field, mm-hmm. hitting like Weaver zones. Yeah, Brandon Arcanado right in the middle, right? Yeah, Six, exactly. Seven I think that's going to be, that's in my opinion, the way, if assuming you don't have NFL receivers on your team, that's like the, the way to beat Cal with like, like you said, there's been a ton of injuries to Stanford and that's kind of, I mean, Weaver has shown that he does have some lapses in past or past coverage. Mm-hmm. As great of a tackler as he is, I mean, he's not going to let people out of his zone, but he'll allow catches in his zone. So, I think that's going to be their game plan. And I think Scarlett will get more carries, but I think this matchup on paper is much better in Cal's favor than USC was. Mm-hmm. And I also think they're motivated. I think this is the, well, I mean, oh, sorry, that was, yeah, true, but, like, it's the big game, and I think that this is the first big game in a couple years that we've had a really good shot at winning. We, as in they, as in not me, because I don't play football, 
the cow you will, you will on Saturday. Got, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, can we? Let's do that, actually. No. Uh, you guys want to talk a little bit about. <laughs> let's let's spend three minutes on Inkpool. Come on. All right, all right. So all right, Inkpool, we have to 150. Wait, we have three minutes for Inkpool. Okay, just. Okay, 10 seconds on what the background is. Stanford Daily versus Daily Cow. Morning, morning of the big game. Flag football, two halves, one timeout each half. Uh, one the, first down at midfield. It's a good old time. The Daily Cows won the last three years. So, uh, any any hot yeah. takes about the Ink Bowl this Saturday? Well, That's the game that matters. It's been oh, going yeah. on for decades. <laughs> decades I mean, you decades. can you can Google Ink Bowl recaps from like the '60s, the '40s. They they have stuff from forever ago. But yeah, like Josh said, uh, Daily Cal has won three straight. We're going to make that four. We have a pretty good squad. We can say season. we now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, our shirts just came in. Shirts we're, are fire. We're wearing some fire. Um, they look nice. I don't know where it is, but come check it out. It'll be somewhere on Stanford's campus. Yeah, it'll be like on the, I don't know, north side of the campus. Uh, it's a nice field. I, I don't forget the name. I'll, definitely I'll... a nicer field than ours. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, there's a unaffiliated boat race afterwards. Well, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I, don't, I don't want to give too much away, but there might be a special issue of One Gold Moment that goes live sometime Ooh. next yeah. week that has something to do with the Ink Bowl, so yeah. stay tuned. If we lose, it's not happening. Our quarterback's name is Chase as well. We've got a good lineup this year. I mean, Stick we have a good lineup every year, but... We're ready. We're excited. It's going to be yeah. a good old time. Spoiler alert, I'm the MVP. I haven't even played yet. Everyone knows. I mean, I don't know if you can tell how good I am at football just by listening to me. Mm, no, I that's, like, that's, that's, really that's how scouts actually scout <laughs> yeah, for that's NFL how, players. Because yeah. so, they so, listen to their podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, <laughs> that's exactly. talent. Exactly. I, no, <laughs> I will be starting center bench. But yeah, my prediction for the Ink Bowl is going to be 28-14. The exact same, same score, score last year. Wow. Daily Cow wins. I'm feeling it. It's gonna. It's going to be... It's actually going to be 14-7 at the half and then 14-7 in the second half. I mean, I, I'm feeling it. Okay. Yeah, you guys I would... got score predictions for the, for the Ink Bowl? Wait one minute. Well, yeah, I guess it has to be only touchdowns. There's no other way to score. Safeties, I guess. That's happened before, right? Yeah, we had a safety uh, a couple of years ago. First play of the game, Stanford Center snapped the ball like 20 yards over the quarterback's head. First play of the game was the safeties. That was pretty cool. Okay, I'm going to go. Let's see. I say... Four touchdowns for the Daily Cal, plus a safety. Plus a safety. Ooh. So 30 to 14. Nice. 30 to 14. Oh my god. Uh, 21, because that is my favorite score prediction. Most reliable. To 14, and Daily Cal wins. We're, right. we're totally unbiased. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can follow the Daily Californian on Twitter at the Daily Californian, Facebook at the Daily Californian, and our sports department at Daily Cal Sports. And finally, you can find all of our fantastic beat writers and their pieces about football at dailycal.org slash section slash sports. I'm Michael Brust. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.